0: A few days ago, as Rosh Hashanah approached, I was in my kitchen cooking. I had 14 people coming over for dinner on the first night of the holiday, and this year I decided that instead of picking just a few things to cook, I was going to cook everything I wanted. This meant that I was cooking a lot of food. We had three salads, pomegranate meatballs, the classic sweet potato simis, red wine braised chicken, and enough vegetables to feed a family of large rabbits. This menu meant that I was spending my day at home in my dollhouse sized kitchen by myself with time to think. Something that can be very dangerous for my overthinking prone to worry mind. As I was sweating in my kitchen, I was worried that I didn't feel the holiday enough. I was doing all this work in preparation for it, but it didn't feel like what I had imagined it should feel like. You know like that feeling in December when everybody's excited about the holiday season and you feel like you should be, but you're not? That's what I was feeling. I needed to listen to something that would make it feel like a holiday. I found a talk online about Rosh Hashanah that looked good, started playing it, and stopped after about 10 seconds. I had no interest at all. All I wanted to do was listen to jazz. So I plugged into Ella Fitzgerald and kept on going. About a half an hour later, I started to realize that this feeling I had was a feeling of ease. It was totally new to me. As you've heard throughout this podcast— When I'm doing something, I usually worry that there's something I'm supposed to be feeling, and if I'm not, then I'm not doing whatever it is correctly, whatever that means. I put pressure on myself to feel a certain way, and if I don't feel something, then I'm convinced that the day won't be perfect. When I let go of my idea of perfection, in the sense that there is a right way to feel going into Rosh Hashanah, I was able to enjoy the process in an entirely new way. It was weird. I had to keep reminding myself throughout the day and the rest of the holiday that it was okay to feel whatever I was feeling, that there is no right way to feel. I know that the work I did this Elul brought me to this point. I also know that the work isn't over, that although the king is no longer in the field, I still get to take the lessons I've learned from this whole experiment and use them during the new year. So this week, on the very last episode of How to Fix a Soul, I'm going to go through the lessons I learned that I'll be carrying with me and what I'm feeling now that a month of fixing my soul is over. I'm Kylie Unell, and this is How to Fix a Soul in 30 Days. I started this podcast talking about my struggle with a t-shirt. It said 100% human on it and I didn't feel like I could wear it then, and to be honest, I'm not sure that I feel like I can now. There's still something weird about the idea of being 100% human because I'm not sure I know what it means. It's this weird balance of accepting where you are but also knowing that you can, and probably should, be better but I think that's actually what it means to be human. I'll most likely spend a lifetime figuring out how to hold those two ideas together, but I know that the work I did over the course of the last month helped me get a little bit closer. The biggest part of this process for me was not the work I did during Elul, but telling the stories in the beginning of each episode. I didn't realize it at the time but each opener contained a piece of imperfection in myself that I was ashamed of, and by telling the story, I was able to accept the experiences I've had and choices I've made that I feel guilty about. I took the power out of the narratives, and that was a game changer for me. So a tip to all you listening out there, tell the stories you're most embarrassed about. You'd be surprised how much lighter you feel after you do it. In the same vein, I've learned that none of this fixing is about fixing your soul. It's not possible. For most of the month, I was waiting to feel fixed. Like all of my problems disappeared and I was suddenly a better version of myself. I realize now that that was never going to happen. It's not about fixing. It's about accepting who you are. The weaknesses, the strengths, all of it. There's a part of Rosh Hashanah prayers when we go through every major figure in the Jewish story and read about what action they did that God punished them for. I read this for the first time and was blown away. Every single person, the holiest people who we hold up, all did something that they were punished for. Abraham, Moshe, Isaac, Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, none of them were perfect and Judaism does not at all try to hide that. If the most significant text in world history doesn't hide flaws, why should we feel like we have to hide our own? I've realized that for a long time, I've denied my imperfections to myself because I didn't want to face the parts of me that I don't like. This month of work taught me that the weaknesses will always be there. All I can do is accept them and learn to recognize them when they peek their head out in my life. I also learned to trust the people around me, and to trust myself. I would not have gotten anything out of this month if I had not been open to the idea of getting help from others, and I also needed to know that I was capable of doing what they showed me. Last week, I asked Pixar's chief creative officer, Pete Docter, how he maintains his love of the projects he works on when they take so long to make. His answer was simple. work with collaborators. Without people to work with, it's hard to meet deadlines and push through the moments when the work is boring and hard. I started out my L.L. work excited because it all started with me and me alone. And then gradually I opened myself up first with prayer, then with God, and then with friends. Human beings live in community. If you know anything about the Jews, you know that our traditions are built around community. Just about everything in Judaism depends on the people around us. We depend on others because just like a Pixar movie that takes years to make, we need people in life who will help us through it. Each week was difficult when I felt like I was doing the work alone. It got easier every single time, however, because I opened myself up and realized that I don't need to do this work by myself. Jewish tradition shows that there are countless ways to do this work, whether it's the four things I did or any of the other things I didn't try this year. You just need to do what feels correct to you and trust that feeling. Be open to the work and where it leads. Once you do that, all of the other pieces will fall into place. Also, if you're anything like me, remember to chill out while you're doing it. I'm Kylie Unell, and thank you for joining me on this experiment. This has been How to Fix a Soul in 30 Days. How to Fix a Soul in 30 Days is brought to you by Tablet Studios and is hosted by me, Kylie Unell. The show is produced by Leah Leibovitz and Josh Cross with help from Sarah Friendman ader and Robert Scaramuccia. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com podcasts.